I don't know if you guys have noticed, but that's the theme song, uh, the intro music to House that plays on that. If you guys are like, I know that from somewhere. If you ever watched House, you know, uh, we were speaking, uh, talking a lot about the words of our mouth and how we uh, receive words and how that works for us. I think it's kind of appropriate. We didn't really plan it that way. Uh, but if there's ever more of a mean-spirited person to speak ill of people, uh, House, House, House got the, he's got a, a monopoly on that uh, pretty well. I just thought that was really interesting, um, just how that all intertwines uh, together. Uh, <clears throat> we are going to be talking in Colossians 3 uh, again today. We've been doing the whole series in Colossians 3, kind of working around other places. But Colossians 3 has really been the backbone of where we have uh, camped for this series. We've talked about heart transplants. We've talked about tongue transplants. Today we're going to talk about a kidney transplant. Um, and last week was all about our tongue and how we can control the words that come out of our mouth. But it's so hard to control the words that are coming into our ears, right? Uh, it's hard enough controlling what comes out of our mouth. Mary Bell had a Facebook status this week. Greatest victory of my day is when I just keep my mouth shut or something like that. Like, hoorah! Uh, so, I didn't say it. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so, sometimes it's just the small victories, right? The <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, but how do we interpret the words that are said to us? Sometimes this is even harder than controlling what's coming out of our mouths. And so that's what we're going to kind of focus in on today. All right. Um, words hurt, and they hurt when they stick. And it's really interesting. I don't know about you, but I've had mean things said to me before, and I don't, it just, they don't bother me. It doesn't, they just slide right off. I'm like, oh, good, whatever. That's nice. That's cute that they thought that. And I go about my day. And then out of left field, something will be said. And it's, I don't even like the person. I don't know the person. I don't, you know, they have no basis of truth in what they're saying. But it floors me for like a month. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just these, the one sentence offhanded, the checkout person at Kroger. Or we don't have a Kroger here. Jewel. And I'm going to pick on Jewel because I always do. Uh, says something. And I'm like, oh, my heart's broken. I'm like moody for the next month. And it's just... What is going on? I don't understand that. But sometimes we interpret these things, these wounds that come in, and they just they fester, and they grow, and they, they hurt, and they dominate us, and they do something just evil to us. Kelly gave me permission uh, to say this story. I actually even had to, I, I asked on this one. But um, <laughs> Kelly, when she was pregnant with the twins, gained a lot of weight, a lot of weight. A lot of weight. And she physically changed. Her nose grew like by four sizes. And it, oh yeah, my mom's like, he's not exaggerating. Um, and, and I got a new job in the, I got a job the week before the babies were born. And I've told that story before, but uh, one of my coworkers, Jeffrey, uh, who, who was not blessed with a filter. Uh, you, we all know these people. Uh, he was not blessed with a filter. And, he, and so she had the babies and immediately her nose started to go down. He's like, Oh, I thought your nose was always like that. And Kelly was like, what? Thank you? <laughs> like, what is that about? And her principal comes up to her and says, you know, I've heard about eating for two, but you're eating for like eight. I, mm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Jimmy, the principal is lucky that she didn't have a black eye. Uh, but that was, that was a word spoken just out of jest out of, ha, 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 that's 
struck her and hurt her. And, you know, Kelly's not one to really think about things that are said to her like that. But immediately as I started talking about the message this week, I didn't, immediately as I said, I'm talking about how to interpret things that are said to you. And she went, oh, you mean like when a principal says you're eating for eight? Like, boom, didn't miss it. Just, just rattled out of her mouth. I was like, oh, that was five years ago. Going on six, and we're still, we're still a little bitter. Okay, uh, we need to talk about this. But that, those are the kind of things that kind of stick out to us. Maybe you have those same things, and you immediately, as I thought about, and you can come up with way worse, right? There's way worse things said to us. So I'm going to keep it PG-13 there on, the, on, on those. But there's way things that we think about. Maybe we can go back decades, and that one sentence that was said by that one person, it just still kind of gets at our heart. So we want to kind of talk about that today. Sometimes we do this unintentionally. We hurt somebody totally unintentionally. We think it's funny, and it's not. I was thinking it's sitting right there because my microphone was still on, and luckily I was not uh, singing too loudly. And I was thinking, what happens if I started acting and speaking like my microphone was on all the time? And it's funny because when I come and talk to you, if I have this on my ear, some of you shy away from me. You, your first impulse is to be like, is that thing on? <laughs> right? So when I, when, usually when I try to go, when I talk to somebody, I try to take it off my ear, especially after service. Because I don't want people to go, popping and weaving away from me. But what happens if we start thinking, like every word spoken is through a microphone. Because honestly, it is through a microphone. There's nothing said in secret. There's nothing said in private. It all gets out, right? It all does. What, what, is that, what does that look like? That's for last week's message, but it just still, it's free for today. We are a people in renal failure, which means we have kidney failure. What do your kidneys do? They filter out toxins so you can live appropriately. Your kidneys are, are very important to you. What they do is they, they take out the trash of your body. And what happens if the waste management professionals of our city, of our town, of our village decide they're not going to do their job anymore? We start to notice it pretty quickly, do we not? The same is true for if our kidneys say, eh, I'm not going to work anymore. Hey, I'm going to take the day off. We get excited very quickly about that. But we are a people that, that sometimes our, think our filters are just clogged with junk. Our filters are broken. And we let things that really shouldn't be hurting us, that really shouldn't be sticking with us, just decimate our spirits and our hearts and our minds. Why? Because we are a people in renal failure. We are desperate for kidney transplant. If we think about words that are spoken to us, does it shut us down? If we just had one offhanded sentence, one offhanded comment, one thing with a barb on it, does it just paralyze us? If that's you, you're, you're on this line of kidney disease. I've been there before. This week, I, as I prepared this message, I probably had more things said to me this week than I've had in years that were barbed and, and just unintentionally mean or intentionally mean, uh, just said to me, and I'm like, what is going on? And I'm getting cranky about it. And I started thinking, I'm preaching on this this week. 
Eric, that's how that works, right? I was like, oh, I still don't like it. <laughs> but uh, didn't like it at all. But it's that, that idea, and, and you probably have felt it in, in your spirit as well, and in, in how you go along and do things is, I dealt with that, okay, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, so-and-so, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden, something just breaks, and it hurts. And it's like running into a brick wall. And so today we want to talk about how do, we, how do we start filtering through that? How do we process that? How do we deal with those things so that comments don't have power over us like that anymore? How do you know if you need a kidney transplant? See, your kidneys are very interesting. When they quit working, they still try to get rid of the toxins. Your body says, okay, let's go to plan B or C. Let me tell you, plan B or C, when your kidneys are not working, are not pleasant things. You will start vomiting profusely. You will start uh, retaining, your, your body will put the toxins other places in your body, like in your ankles. And just kind of like, okay, they can't go there anymore, let's go somewhere else. And I wonder if you're going, I don't think I have a problem with this. How was your lashing out at maybe the people that you love and feel safe around this week? Because the first people that get it when comments are tearing you inside are your spouse and your kids. Maybe the dog, if you don't have one of those. Joy has been the recipient of many tirades before, and she, I promise you, has not done anything wrong. But when that happens, we go, whoa, something is broken. It's not her fault. It's not their fault. It's not, what, what is going on here? And it's from outside sources, it has caused a renal failure in our way in which we filter out and filter through comments and junk and stuff. We have control over the words of our own mouth, but we cannot control the words of other people's mouth. But we can control what we listen to. We can control what we listen to. We can listen to that radio station just and turn the channel just as easily as we can tune out someone badgering us or speaking ill into our lives. And we, we know this is true. We've watched a teenager do it. I'm giving you a million dollars. Your hair looks pretty. Want a cookie? Oh, food? Uh, so they, they, can, they can filter you out easily. Colossians 3.15 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body we are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish or build up one another with all wisdom through the psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I read this because this is the goal. This is the end game plan. We want to get to a place where the words of our mouth and the words that we receive are giving thanks to God the Father through him. That, all, that this is just an effervescence of our heart condition. That the peace of Christ will rule in our hearts. When we are in renal failure, when we need a kidney transplant, the peace of Christ is not ruling in our hearts. When there's division and, and sorrow and hurt and pain, that's not the peace of Christ working in our hearts. How do we get to this goal? We change what we intake. 
We change what we intake. I, uh, there's certain TV shows that I just don't watch anymore. Parenthood just went off the air. Thank you, Lord. Don't have to suffer through that anymore. Some people are like, how could you say that about Parenthood? You love that show. All it was was drama, dysfunctional family, and people that just really, 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 and this is, you might think this is judgmental, but they really needed Jesus. Like, if you look at all the problems that that family had, if you ever watched Parenthood, don't even bother. But anyway, uh, but if you, if you watched it, you know that, like, all these issues that they're dealing with, all the, the family dysfunction, all these things, it's like, the answer is Jesus. It's not, mm. and so I just get, I, I just get worked up. And Kelly's sitting there watching the show and loving the show and couldn't take it. Couldn't take it. I was like, I deal with this all week. This is my life. I don't know. And I go in the other room and read a book or whatever and uh, do whatever. But I could not take. The, I just, for some reason, that show knocked me over the edge. I can, you'd be surprised at the things I watch. Don't bother me. Don't, it uh, doesn't cause a problem. I watch Parenthood. I get in a bad mood in five seconds. I do not get it. I, I love the actors. A lot of the actors in that thing still drive me absolutely insane. Insane. What are we taking in? How do we change what we take in? If you know that that show, that thing, that person, that whatever it is, is going to push you over the edge, stop it. <laughs> right? Stop talking to them. Stop watching that. Stop being around that. What if it's my mom? We, we, we got a problem there, but we'll get to that later in the, uh, the talk. But change what you intake. Your kidneys can only take so much garbage in before they stop processing it all. The scripture talks about, and I think this is, this is, this is pretty valuable, is that your intake of good things has to vastly outnumber the, your intake of bad things. The scripture talks about, eat this scroll, eat this book. The prophets in the Old Testament and John in Revelation says explicitly, eat this thing. Now, did he mean, ah, oh, take a bite out of the leather and the papyrus? No. Meant devour it, make it part of you. And they referred to it as being as sweet as honey. Now think about it. This is in the days before Splenda, before sugar. You couldn't have access to sugar cane. You don't have access to equal. You don't have access to the carcinogen sweet and low. Uh, you don't have access to any of these things to make life sweet. None of it. So when you got that rare taste of honey, can you imagine the flavor explosion that was in your mouth? If you've, anybody done the Daniel plan in here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's that 10-day cleanse where you're just like, I want to have something sweet, something with a carb in it, anything, amen, <laughs> something. And then you get to, like, day 10 happens, and you get to put honey in your tea. And it's like angels from heaven are singing, you know, celestial choirs have come down, the world, the fog is lifted from your life. Your spouse does not annoy you half as much as he does on day 10 as he does on day five. I'm really plugging Daniel plan well there, aren't I? <laughs> it's actually a really good thing, but you know it because you've removed all these things. And I, I, I just, as I concentrate on what it looks like to eat this book, that it will taste like honey. Think about that. It's going to reside well on your tongue. How many times do we, we spend devouring this? 
We wonder why our kidneys are in failure. We wonder why we are not filtering things properly. We're wondering why just the, the least bit of offhanded comment can destroy our day, can knock us off track when we haven't put the good things in to counterbalance it all. This goes into my next point. Change how you process it. Uh, let me tell you a story about a 17-year-old kid who worked as a soda jerk. Yes, my first job, I was paid to be a jerk. It's true. It's a soda jerk. Jamie's Soda Fountain, the coolest thing in Kokomo, Indiana. <laughs> That's setting the bar pretty low. But, uh, <laughs> and this is an old-fashioned, like, 1920s pharmaceutical way of making Cokes, right? You got the, the syrup for a 20-ounce Coke, three things of Coca-Cola syrup. That's the jerk part, not because you said mean things to people. You jerk the soda, you stir it a couple times, put a lid on it. There you go, sir. It's ten. Have a nice day. I did it once or twice in my life. Pay was terrible. One thing, a perk of the job was you got to drink as many sodas as you possibly could if as long as it didn't affect your effectiveness. Well, 17-year-old Jared on a caffeine high is really effective at things, okay? <laughs> Woo! We're going to amp this up. There was no Mountain Dew. You, couldn't, you didn't do Mountain Dew, but, I mean, I would pound six or seven 20-ounce cherry vanilla phosphates every day. If you know what a cherry vanilla phosphate, it is sugar, food coloring, a little bit of acid. Not the bad kind of acid. <laughs> Throw that out there for clarification. I was like, huh. Um, phosphoric acid. That's why it's called a phosphate. It's because when it hits the stuff, it turns into phosphate. Anywho, a little science for you. Whew, got warm in here all of a sudden. <laughs> um, and so what you do, you have all this all, basic all sugar, all food coloring. And I would have probably five or six of those in a shift because I could make it in... I was swimming, so the calories were not the problem, but the food coloring, that food coloring will get you, Chris. I was also doing something else at the same time. I was uh, lifting really, really hard for swimming and for just being a 17-year-old boy. And at that time, this new, newfangled thing came out called creatine. And creatine was, is a bodybuilding thing. It, it does some cool things for your muscles to, to build them faster. Well, this is the very first days that creatine starts coming out. They're actually trying to figure, at that time, they're figuring out if they're going to ban it or not. And so all of us, well, before they ban it, let's go ahead and take it. 17-year-old decision-making process, okay? (laughs) So let's take it. Well, you're supposed to drink it with one spoonful with at least 16 to 20 ounces of water. I would take a spoonful of it, go to the water fountain, take a sip, and drink it. Basically what I was doing was inserting razor blades into my kidneys and, going, and hitting the blend button, okay? I was destroying my kidneys. And then you add six or seven glasses of food coloring. On top of that, my body quit processing the food coloring. Made for a very excited 17-year-old. And my, body, my, my kidneys are basically going, hey, danger, 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 something is wrong here. And I said, oh, I got to change Something's got to change here. So I, I did figure out that creatine might be a problem right here. So I quit taking the creatine. And I quit drinking six cherry vanilla phosphates. Cut it back to one or two. Um, 
But I, I cut those things out because I was overloading my system with terrible junk and not putting enough water and not enough good things in me. Let's take that metaphor. We put so much trash, maybe stuff we even think that might be good for us, like the creatine. It could have been beneficial, but we don't take it properly. We don't take it in the right accordance. In the living water that is God, we're not putting enough of that in our system to offset all the rest of it. I wouldn't have had an issue if I would have been able to moderate myself, if I would have taken things appropriately. But let's be honest, in our lives, how much do we actually do things appropriately? Doctor, recommend, doctor recommended is really not, you know, eh, it's a guideline. If I get three-fourths of the way there, Jimmy, I'm doing all right, right? No, we're supposed to do those restrictions for a reason. We have to change how we process it. I was putting trash into my body at a higher rate than I could possibly get it out of my body. From the outside, I should have been able to handle this all. But what was really happening is I was giving the trash a mile head start in a 40-yard dash. And in some of our lives, in some of how we're dealing with stuff in our lives, we're dealing with the, the garbage and how we deal with our attitude is we are giving the trash a mile head start. And we just spend the whole time trying to swim through that trash so we can get healthy again. There's things and decisions in our lives where we have to remove. This is trash. This is junk. This is harmful in our lives. I continue habitually to put in my body, and I've got to change my behavior in that. Change how you process it. Third thing, change your perspective. Sometimes things are said to you that seem so harmful And off the cuff, you're thinking about it. You're like, man, that's mean. I want to urge you just to change your perspective. Look at it from a different angle. Maybe look at it from their perspective. Look at it from somebody else's perspective. Find someone that you trust and say, so-and-so said this to me. What do you think? I think that was a joke that you took the wrong way. Oh. Right? Because some of us are, are, are dwellers. We take a sentence and a word And we wait like a day or two, and then we're really offended by it. Do we know anybody like this? Don't raise a hand. And and, and, and someone who might not be blessed with the best filter in the life, like me, you say things, and someone's offended from you three days later, and you're like, what are you offended about? I didn't even mean that. That was, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to change your perspective. You have to get an outside influence to say, hey, 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 what? I don't think that's that bad. I don't think this is good. Like, like me, I needed to go to a doctor to say, hey, maybe it's the creatine problem that, that's causing issues for your body, Jerry. Oh. Now, you all have that and things being spoken into you and the way people have treated you and the way these things have happened. You have to say, how am I going to deal with these issues? Maybe you need to find a confided friend to say, is this something worth being offended over? Be careful on who that, fi- that friend is. Fourth thing was change the venue. Change the venue. I have a counselor, a pastor in Georgia who is um, a great counselor. And uh, I shared a wall with him in, uh, at Bridgepoint. And so I would hear him uh, counseling all the time because I couldn't help it. 
I would crank up my radio or whatever. So I didn't want to listen to their garbage. <laughs> so I didn't really want to. I'm not being nosy, but I still, I, almost every session that he was in with somebody, you guys have to change your venue. And what he meant by that is, if you always fight in your living room, go somewhere else. Pick, pick a different place. Go somewhere else. You got to, got to get away from the, the where the trash always happens, and 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 start anew. And he would he would always always talk about changing the venue. And this came uh, really into perspective for me. So every Wednesday night, Jimmy and Daniel and Lisa would be leading worship uh, for for our fusion, which is our student ministry. Now, if you were here last week, you know that they are very talented musicians. They do their thing mildly well. Right? Especially that Lisa. She's kind of, I don't know. Uh, but, so they, they do their thing very well. But in my office, they would start playing. And this utter trash would be coming through the wall. And it'd be... It sounded like Gmo, uh, Jimmy was like, let's do some Screamo this week. Now, that might be attractive to some of you, but not so much to me. It was god-awful. And I would get instantly mad. It would take about 15 seconds for them to start practicing, and I'm hopping mad. Like, mm, Jimmy didn't practice this week. I don't know what Daniel was doing. Daniel works for me. He was sitting there five minutes ago. Why was he not going over his chords? Because that is trash that is coming through my wall. What is Lisa doing? Lisa is better than this. And I would never, I'd yell at Daniel, Daniel and Jimmy. I ain't going to yell at Lisa. <laughs> so I, it would take me about three minutes of just this pain, and I would get physically nauseated because of the sound that was coming through my wall. And I would fly around the corner, tear open those double doors, Jimmy, and look at you like I was going to kill you. I know I did. And this beautiful music was coming out. How did this work? In my office, it sounded like trash. When I changed my venue, when I moved about 12 feet, it was this beautiful music coming out. Somehow, some way, there is this weird thing happening of where the speakers were placed that all my office got was trash. But as soon as I moved, I could start to see the beauty in that. Some of us need to change our venue. We start talking to somebody. We start dealing with these conversations. We think something was hurtful and we think something was, was messy towards us. And what we really need to do is go, wait a second. Let's go say that over here. And you start to see the beauty and you start to see what they actually meant. Sometimes our interpretation of circumstances skews everything that we have. You guys know what I'm talking about, the Thanksgiving dinner when you're just waiting on cousin so-and-so to shoot their mouth off? You're pre-offended. Like when you're making the stuffing, you're like, I'm so mad at cousin so-and-so. They haven't even said anything to you yet. Too much truth in that, I think, but that's okay. <laughs> listening to words is a lot like this. You can stay and listen to the stuff that makes you sick, or you can change what you're listening to and change how you're listening to it. Sometimes you just need to step out of the room and listen to it differently. How we filter is imperative to our health. How we filter is imperative to our health. We need to ask some questions. The same questions that we ask before we speak. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it helpful? Is it kind? 
Those should be the filter in which we operate. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it helpful? Is it kind? When we speak words, but it also should be the same questions that we listen to when we're interpreting things coming at us. Was that true? Uh, Maybe. Is it helpful? Not really. Thanks. I know these pants look terrible on me. Great. You're going to go buy new ones for me? Because this is what I got. (laughs) Is it kind? Is it helpful? Is it necessary? You got to run through that filter. There's been some really mean things said to me that frankly aren't true. And you know what I can do with that? Throw it away. And when it starts hitting all four of those, okay, wait, maybe I need to start working on something. We need to look at this differently. Does this make sense? It's the same filter whether it goes out and it comes in. We also have to rest in how God sees us. Psalm 139, verse 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I need to interpret how God sees me. And that should have more sway than whatever man says to me. Because what God says to me is that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That I'm a new creation. That I'm beautiful in his sight. That's what God speaks into us. Not all the negative stuff that the world brings at us. How do we do this? We choose better things to intake. Choose better things. We choose better things to be around. If you have a compromised filtering system, you shouldn't be playing in the trash. Right? If you're on immune uh, suppressants for a, for a heart transplant, probably shouldn't be you know, going out and playing in the gutter. But sometimes, this is exactly what we're doing in our relationships, in our friendships. Choose better things to be around. Choose to believe God and not man. This is huge. Does what God says about me match what this person says? Because if it doesn't, I can throw it away. Choose to believe God and not man. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. All those that love him are called his sons and daughters, co-heirs in the kingdom of God. That is what God sees in you and views in you. Not some trash rat. We are no longer slaves to sin, given to wallow in trash, but new creations in Christ. So there are a lot of things that we hold on to that aren't even true. They're lies. They're things that have been spoken into you since maybe an early age that just aren't true. And maybe today is a day in which you say, God, will you release me of that? Those have been anchors. Those have been trash that's been clogging up my filtering system for years and years and years. If you take the time to look at your wounds and look at the things that have been hurting you for a long time, are they even true? And maybe you need an outside perspective on that. Maybe you have got so accustomed to your wounds that you think they are true. I'll tell you what is true. You were made a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
And he has set you free from all of that stuff. He has cleaned you from the inside out. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. I'm just going to keep it there. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, which is he gave us this opportunity to be reconciled, to be made clean again. This is what Jesus does. He takes old trash in our lives and says, you know what, let's make something beautiful. Because I fearfully and wonderfully made you, and let's put you back to your right intent. One of the great lies of Satan is that he convinces us that things haven't changed, that things can't get better, that it'll always be this way. But God's promise is that I've made you a new creation. The old is dead. The new has come. See, Satan will tell us that we need dialysis for the rest of our lives. And dialysis is basically going in every three or four days and having a, a robot kind of machine thing clean your blood for us. And some of us, if we're going to be honest, we've been treating church as dialysis. We just go in every once in a while, get a fresh pick-me-up, and then uh, by Friday we're just on life support again. And Sunday comes and we get dialysis again. And what we really truly need is Christ to come in and make a new creation of our hearts and our soul. That we actually need this kidney transplant. So Satan will tell us we need that dialysis the rest of our lives, even after we have a transplant. Guess what, kids? When you have that transplant, you don't need dialysis anymore. You've been made new and been set free. God says, no, 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 I have paid the price. I have redeemed you. I have made you new. You are a new creation. We're going to take communion today. This is a really appropriate day to take communion because I want to think as we take this grape juice and crackers that are symbols of God's blood and body poured out for us for the sacrifice that he made. If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you are more than welcome, even if you're new here, more than welcome to take uh, communion with us today. But I think it's really appropriate that we are taking these elements today because as I take these elements, I want to evaluate. I want to think about the stuff that maybe has been spoken into me, that maybe I've been operating out of for years and years and years. And I want to say, God, I want to give that to you. That as I intake your body and as I intake your blood, I'm accepting that you are cleaning my filter, that you are taking out the junk, that you, are, you have paid the price to remove the stuff from me. That the trash that has informed my self-esteem, that the trash has informed maybe my life choices, it is no longer relevant to my life. It is gone because you have come into it and you have set me free. As we take these elements, the usher is going to pass them out in just a second. I'm going to take a moment just to as we sing here is my heart, to ponder that, to say, God, I, I want to take my heart. I want you to take my heart. And I want you to take all the, my tongue and my, my filtering system. 
from maybe the, the trash heap that it's been residing and set it on a new course. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Lord, we ask you to speak to our minds in these moments. Speak to our hearts in these moments. God, as we struggle and maybe think about some of the wounds that we've had for years, maybe some of the mean things that have been said to us that maybe are just lies, maybe didn't even know they were supposed to be mean. God, that we ask you to to cleanse us of that. That we'll rest in the fact that we are new creations in you. That whatever is done in our past, whatever is done years ago or even just a day ago is gone. That you reconcile us. That you make us new. That we can get rid of all the sin and the junk and the trash in our lives and step into a new life with you. Lord, I ask you to bless us. I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for a new life in you. I thank you that we have the opportunity to have a new life, to be a new creation. That where we're at today doesn't have to be where we're at tomorrow. That we are beautifully and wonderfully made. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.